Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. With me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup, Kardashians, and Winter House recap episode. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm feeling a little bit heavy, you guys, and I have the feeling that a lot of you guys are as well. Um, I don't often talk about celebrity deaths and I don't often put it sorry on my um like Instagram feed and stuff even though they might be big and and I don't know if people like have noticed that or it certainly doesn't matter but like I've kind of subconsciously not done it just because I even though I'm like snarky and bitchy and sarcastic and cynical and all of those words that are like negative undertones I get that I also don't like to um, bring stuff that's like too, too heavy onto the show or into your consciousness because you get that hmm, everywhere. And I also like have just like, and this is like no shade to anybody, truly, like just for me, only speaking for myself, like sometimes I just like wrestle with the ethics of that. Like I just never want anybody to think that I'm trying to like, uh, get clout or anything off of people's death. I, it's just something that like, it's just like a thing that I deal with. Right. But, um, we've had two deaths this week that have really like sat with me in a way that a lot of celebrity deaths have not, not to say that they're unimportant or that I didn't care. These just, these two just like hit me differently. Um, one being, Rapper Takeoff, part of 
Migos. Somebody that I felt I, I felt a kinship with Migos in general because I grew up in North Atlanta. We grew up in the same county. I always just thought it was very funny that they would talk about North Atlanta like it was hard, which to me is just like very suburban. <laughs> but I always just like had a fondness for them because of that. And I just like feel like this whole situation, whether you're no amigo song, you have no idea who the hell they are. It's just so sad. And it just speaks to like senseless gun violence that happens in this country that I just like is something that I find disgusting. And, you know, it's not even a political, I mean, it is obviously a political thing, but like this situation or like I just don't whatever I don't give a fuck like people are dying at the hands of guns it's just not necessary that that's just my opinion and I'm allowed to have that and I'm allowed to say that because it's my podcast and if you feel differently you're allowed to feel differently but like I also just feel like why the hell is this guy dead because uh people were getting into it over a dice game and who could play football better Like, does that make sense to you? Why somebody would have felt the need to pull out a gun to solve issues that are largely trivial and that you'll probably not even think about the next day. And his whole life is gone and his whole family is heartbroken over the shit that didn't need to happen. Something that he, it seems like for all the stories, he didn't even involve himself in. Like he was just there. He wasn't fighting with anybody. He wasn't like even playing dice. There are pictures of him like standing around the dice game. He wasn't even playing. And that there's some stupid little argument happens. And then somebody decides, oh, I'm just going to pull my gun out. And now this man is dead. For what? For what? This doesn't make any sense to me. An RIP to take off. For real. And also like Aaron Carter. I... (laughs) I just, like, my heart feels so heavy about this situation. And I think we all are feeling the same thing. I think we're all feeling like it's heartbreaking because it's not surprising. That's how I felt anyway. Like, I wasn't surprised. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's just so sad. Like... People shouldn't have to live a life in a way where you die and people are like, yeah, I get it. I'm not surprised by that. Like, that sucks. It really just seems like that kid, like the child Aaron Carter, didn't have a fucking chance in hell. People used and abused him and they did not care. And from his family to Lou Pearlman, to other people in the industry, to, you know, just, it just sucks. It just really sucks. And I think, like, people who have been seeing Aaron and his online presence over the past few years have been like, I don't know what's going on, but it ain't good. It doesn't feel good. And it just doesn't, it's not, he's not okay. And so... It just is sad that, like, he never got the opportunity to get out of it. You know, like, he was just in rehab last month, or September, and 
he had a kid. It just sucks. It just sucks that like life failed him so greatly. And I I don't even know what to say about that. It's just it's just like it's such a failure on so many people's parts and so many people who took advantage of him and you know, he had to be miserable on behalf of them. And you know, like it just sucks. Just like another tragic child star situation. And people should at the very least be allowed to be shocked by your death. You know, 34 is fucking young. It's way too young to be dead. It's just sad. It's just really sad. Rest in peace to you, Aaron Carter, for real. Um, listen, I'm a very inelegant and ineloquent person. So I'm not really sure how to pivot to this in a way that, um, you know, going to be uh, terribly respectful so you just have to uh transition with me just come on with me guys we're, we're moving on um i want to do our hell yeah i didn't think i was going to talk about kanye and i'm technically not but our hell yeah is going to ramsey's jaw and quentin ward their host of the radio show civic cypher they have revealed that um immediately in the immediate aftermath of Kanye coming out with those stupid white lives matter shirts, one of their listeners bought the trademark to white lives matter to be able to sell clothing, um, and such with merch with those, uh, words on it. Right. So that anonymous person reached out to Ramsey's and Quentin and said, Hey, I have the trademark if you want it. So they transferred the ownership. So now Ramsey's and Quentin own White Lives Matter. Um, they bought it a few weeks back, but they just revealed it. Um, and they talked about it. They said, hey, this was like tough. We really had to think about whether or not we wanted to own the trademark to something like that. But Quentin says, once it was clear that someone stood to gain significant profit from it, because as you've seen, even though Kanye says some really hurtful, divisive things, sometimes crazy things, he has a bit of a zealot following. And every time he releases something, it sells out. So, yeah, they say that they're not looking to sell the trademark. But if any potential buyer wants to come forward and uh, you can. Uh, for the cool, cool price of one billion with a B dollars, they might be willing to take your call. So shout out to them. I think that is I mean, I, I don't really go up for, like, trolling. But, like, this is a good troll. I love it. And also, how stupid. How stupid. Like, Kanye does a lot of, like, genius things. But, like, he also does a lot of dumb shit. You know? And, like, I really didn't want to talk about him. But, like, to me, it's like... Dude, just, like, briefly. I mean, I can touch on a million things i'm going to touch on the pettiest because you know the man's anti-semitic it's very clear actually i just saw right before i recorded this um that uh, i think it was tmz drop that kanye was on david letterman's netflix show back in 2019 breaking news you guys and that they had to cut anti-semitic stuff that he said on the show back then praising hitler and stuff fucking weirdo and and like y'all could have been shutting this down back in 2019 we could have left the whole uh kanye for president thing 
It's like, we could have canceled him back then. We've been having to deal with the worst version of Kanye for the past. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Not going to lay the entire blame on them. But this is like some public information that we could have had three years ago. And I would have appreciated it, honestly. Um, but yeah, the, he had said stuff back then. But anyway. Um, oh, my thing is that like, why on earth? Did you think that you were going to team up or that you were going to get money from any company and that they weren't going to be pulling the strings behind your back? Like you honestly thought that Adidas or whoever the hell gap, we're just going to give you money and you can do whatever the hell you want. Put our clothing in trash bags. That's great. I mean, they did let him do that, but you know what I mean? Like, I think he got the impression that these large corporations were going to literally let him do anything he wanted quotas be damned and that he wasn't going to have to answer for anything and they're just going to be like oh yes Kanye here's 70 billion more dollars for you to do whatever the hell you want and use our money at like like water and and he's like these people have actual sales margins and things that they actually have to adhere to. And I don't understand what, like, that's stupid on you, my guy. Anybody should know that. But you're you're the genius businessman, aren't you? And you didn't think that you would have to be holding, to be beholden to a corporation and that they just weren't going to throw money at you and let you do whatever the fuck you wanted? Like, what? Hello? Donda Academy. You know what? I, I, I'm not talking about him. I'm not talking about him. Okay. All right. Quick, quick, guys. I'm, I only have two topics of information or whatever. Um, and this is the last one. Our girl of the week is going to Bethany Frankel. Another person that I probably have said in the past that I'm not going to talk about. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> but actually, um, this is good. This is funny. Bethany, I'm sure you guys have heard this by now, but Bethany has decided apparently to rebrand her podcast, the one where she was like letting off about how she was going to be canceled for, uh, you know, reporting the coldest, most recycled takes about the Kardashians ever 10 years after the fact. Apparently, she has rebranded that podcast into Rewives, a Housewives rewatch in which she shares her opinions about the Housewives. Girl. Girl, you've been spending years trying to separate yourself from the brand. Uh, you're better than this. I'm a businesswoman. I'm off being successful. Um, skinny girl ham, skinny girl jeans, skinny girl enemas. Oh, Okay. Okay, I'm going to need, Teddy, I'm going to speak to you one time and one time only. Do me a favor, get on that microphone on two T's in a pod and call Bethany a cheater brand. Just do it. Just do it. And I will give you one week of keeping my thoughts about you to myself. I might not even think of to myself for one day, okay? Call her a cheater brand. Bitch, you must be joking. You trifling Bethany. That is so desperate. Thirsty. Ew. Ew. Like, I'm embarrassed for you because this is like the last thing. I thought we were so above the brand and yet here you come crawling back. 
crawling back. Oh, she could not wait to do this. This is so embarrassing. Ew. <laughs> I'm cringing just thinking about it. Bethany Frankel is now the Liam Payne of Housewives. Now hear me out. The one who's saying, oh, this whole thing was like, oh, this would be nothing without me. I was the cornerstone of the housewives. Put me up in the, the league of extraordinary bitches. Uh, and here I am. And I don't need this anymore. But then, you know, the, how your bread is buttered is that everybody wets their little panties every time you mention One Direction. And you're going to be stuck in that cycle forever. Even though you act like you hate it and you're better than it, you have to come back to it. Because that's the only way you get attention. So y'all, somebody quote tweeted this announcement about the podcast, right? And it says, wonder what my girl at Carol Radziwill thinks about it. (laughs) She quote tweeted it and says, oh lordy, how original. But she did build her brand by trashing and mocking women, specifically the housewives. And Bethany always returns to what she does best. I mean, right out the gate, she trash talks the other housewives podcasts. LOL. Good luck to her. Some things will never change. And then she quote tweeted somebody else who says, I hope that I don't get a cease and desist letter for being a meanie pants. Um, And then (laughs) somebody else tweeted just randomly. I'm a little behind with Roni, but I guess things don't work out well with Bethany and Carol. And she responded to that by saying, I believe you could insert her Bethany's name into any housewife and say that they didn't get along. And in this moment, I realized that Carol has a um, the rat emoji next to her name on Twitter, which is probably because Luann called her Ratsville. <laughs> and that's actually pretty fucking funny. Speaking of Luann, I will leave you guys with this before we get into our recaps. If you guys want to see Luann in my favorite version or hear her, in my favorite version of Luann, this is my the best Luann in my opinion, that you can ever get. Go on over to Danny Pellegrino's podcast and listen to his interview in which he tells her live, like she had no idea about Bethany's podcast, her response, you guys, oh, get a mic pack on Luann Delaseps fucking immediately. Or I'm going to be suing NBC. Bravo. I'm going to take you guys all down. Get her, get her on TV, please. Get her on TV. She, the way she goes, oh, it's so clean. The way she goes off on Bethany, I won't do it justice. You have to listen to it. So uh, yeah, with that, you guys listen to my recaps of first the Kardashians and then Winter House. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, let's move on. She's suing us for over a hundred million dollars. And we're leaving our fate in the hands of 12 random people. What if they hate us? No one hates us, Chloe. Hopefully you find people that just don't know who we are. All right, guys, it happened. I don't feel like talking about the Kardashians today, but I will hit some beats because I went through the effort of watching the episode and I took a bunch of notes. But now that I'm watching it, looking at my notes, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't think anybody cares. And you know what? It occurred to me that this show desperately needs Scott back and listen he can't carry the whole thing but it would help it it would really help somebody please put a mic pack on scott we need your help get him a nice cushy uh check have him work it out with travis sorry y'all if you guys want to keep this train going that's just what's gonna have to happen okay
All right. So the episode begins with it being True's birthday, a.k.a. the anniversary of the time that uh, Tristan cheated on Chloe with Jordan. Um, And a producer asks Chris what Chloe was like at four years old. And Chris says that Chloe used to pretend like she was a dog, like straight up thought she was a dog, would bark at people, would lick their legs, would beg for food, the whole thing. Tristan isn't there because um, he's playing a game. I'm not sure if they meant basketball or uh, another psychological warfare that he's waging on the family, but he's not there. We'll just say that. Um, And he... Chris, I guess, okay, you know, Mindy Weiss is their, like, party planner. She does everything for them, right? All the balloons, all the donut walls that you see, all the, you know, the pastels and shit. That's Mindy. Um, So Chris takes Chloe aside to tell her that uh, Tristan went around her back and paid for the whole party. And Chloe's like, no, 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 he didn't. Like, he's not doing that. Chloe says in a confessional that she's worked really hard to, you know, have these lavish events for True and, like, she's just not gonna allow him to do that. And I'm just wondering, why did we not ask her, like, okay, like, let's unpack that a little bit. What is your real thinking behind that? Like, why can't he help? Wouldn't it be safe to say that, like, as a professional basketball player he could also say i work hard to you know give my kids a a nice life like i would really want to know like really what is her reasoning behind that because just like i'm rich (laughs) isn't i don't think that's the whole thing my guess my theory on the whole thing would be that tristan likes to throw money at the issue he likes to do these lavish things he likes to like you know Splash cast. He gave uh, True a diamond necklace. Now, I know at this point, like, for the celebrities of this day, it's, like, really not that abnormal. But, like, he knows what he's doing. You know? He knows what he's doing. It's just very performative. And I think that's really why she's like, no, I'm not going to play this game with him. I'll pay for it. He's not going to have one of her on me. Like, let's talk about that. You feel me? So then we get to what I'm assuming is part one of probably a four episode arc about this damn Maryland dress. Okay. <laughs> a strap in y'all just like Kim had to. Um, so Kim is, has been working with a stylist that she met at a photo shoot. That part doesn't matter, but um, she was like, you know, thinking about not going to the Met Gala. So for those of you who don't remember or know, because of the pandemic, they canceled the Met, you know, 2020, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, so they did a two-part for 2021. It's both American themes, but, like, different variations on, like, Americana, American fashion, right? So Kim's look for the first part was that all black, you know, couldn't see her face, black, head-to-toe, Balenciaga look. And so Kim says... I don't know. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go. I couldn't think of anything that would top this look. Um, but girl, here's here's what really pisses me off about the Kardashians. I mean, um, you know, among other things, right? Uh, they never. And the Met Gala is something that was like just my um, frivolous, uh, 
thing that I enjoy, like outside of having an entire series of podcasts about pop culture and celebrity culture. Um, I just really like the Met Gala. I like the fashion. I like the theme. I like to see who's on theme. And I'm a person who is like a stickler for you should have, you should be on the theme. And the problem with the Kardashians and Jenners, I'm looking at you, Kendall and Kylie too, is that every year they're just like, they don't think outside the bun. They never, ever do it. And they're just like there to be hot. And to which I say, then don't go there at all. Like if you're not going to do the theme and if you're just going to wear the same thing that you would wear on every other red carpet, what the fuck does it matter? Don't even bother. Anyway, I say all this to say that that Balenciaga look, in my opinion, was not iconic and also was not on theme because Balenciaga is a Spanish-founded uh, company based in France. So wh- what does that have to do with America? What does that look have to do with America? I don't know. So her second idea is like, oh, I'll just go like dress up like America or America. Amer- wow. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> because that's like iconic or whatever and kim says in a confessional she like does this whole ode to marilyn and says that she's fascinated by the fact that marilyn did things her own way and it's clear to me that kim doesn't really know the history of marilyn Monroe. you feel me okay and and somebody tried to come for me on twitter and i had to delete it because like they had a really large account and i was like i'm not doing this back and forth with you however i made i tried to make the point of like you know all of this back and forth and all of this like talk and conversation that we had as a nation had to have about this damn dress here's my thing if before this situation before kim put this on if somebody had showed you a pic- a color picture of that dress. I don't think nine out of 10 people would have been like, oh, that's the dress that Marilyn wore when she sang happy birthday to JFK. I just don't think that they would think that. And, you know, I know that there's like a big fandom around Marilyn Monroe. Obviously, there's an industry, but that industry of people don't really know about Marilyn. You know, they just like the lore or what they think is that she's this beautiful woman and that like her life was just great and she just died. Oh, and it was so tragic. No, like her life fucking sucks you know like it wasn't great she wasn't a girl who just like oh i'm doing everything my way like not really (laughs) in a way in a lot of ways her life was like very tragic and abusive so for people to be like oh i'm so upset about kim wearing this dress how dare she you guys didn't rock with her like that y'all weren't with marilyn shooting at the gym okay so don't even give me that and also like who are we to say that marilyn would have even cared you know Maybe she would have thought it was fucking tight. Who are we to say? I just felt like there were a lot of people who were like being really impassioned about the whole situation when truthfully, like they weren't really rocking with Marilyn. Like they just weren't. You just weren't. Like y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even watch a documentary on Netflix and it's right there. It is right there. Just, just say you don't like Kim. Like, why don't we just keep doing that? Like we've been doing for the past decade, you know, like we don't have to come up with more excuses to not like him. Just say you don't like her. Like, I feel like that's really what it is. It was like, oh, we could find another new fresh reason to hate Kim Kardashian, which fine. But like, just say that. Just say that. Quiet as it's kept. This has really been on my spirit, as you can tell. Quiet as it's kept. Um, If I were Marilyn, I'd be like, ew, get my dress out of a damn Ripley's, believe it or not. Yuck. Third tier is that. 
You got my dress next to a, a replica of the world's fattest twins? Thanks, guys. No, yeah, that's really honoring my legacy. And then, like, even... I'm going to shut up about this in, like, 30 seconds, I promise. But even a quieter as a guy, like, that dress wasn't really giving. No. Like, if we were going to do a nude dress that was iconic in American history, she should have done Carrie Bradshaw's nude dress that she wore on the side of the bus. That would have been a moment. See? I got ideas. Can you imagine if Kylie showed up in a, a white tank top and the tutu? Bitch. I would have I would have stand Kylie forever. Anyway, let's move on. Speaking of Kylie, Kylie and Chris meet up with the off-white team to do her dress. So she says that she wasn't going to go. You know, I just had a baby, etc. But Virgil Abloh, designer of off-white, uh, just had recently passed at that point. They had a close relationship. And she decided to go and honor him. <sighs> Listen, did I love the look? No. But am I am going to talk ill of that man? No, I'm also not going to do that. So we're going to move on. Um, back in LA, Kim pulls out the dress. It was not the original dress. It's like a replica that they're giving her because they're like, okay, we'll have you try this on. And depending on the fit of that, we'll send the dress, the actual dress. And so, you know, it's a big moment, I guess. Um, Kim tries it on. It's actually bigger than uh the original dress so she's like super excited um kim talks about how like talking straight to the camera about how designers really would hesitate back in the day to send her stuff because they figured she was bigger but she's like i'm really like a shapeshifter and i've got these like tiny little shoulders or whatever and it's like kim you're also just like a tiny woman with a fake ass (laughs) the fake ass is throwing people off like let's just let's just say what it is kim get this show Let's let's talk some truths here. <laughs> Cause I want to be on the boat and I can't be. Anyway, um, Courtney and Chloe and Kim go to lunch together. Kim is dressed up like a Wario version of the Incredibles. Uh, you guys remember that look with all the flames and stuff? I okay. Um, so then they talked about the Photoshop fail that happened with True and Stormy and uh Chicago with Disneyland because this was like still very much after Astro World, which Kim doesn't say. You have to read between the lines. Kim says that she was trying to keep her uh, Instagram grid aesthetic going with the pink and blue. So she found this picture of Stormy and Chicago at Disneyland. It went with the aesthetic. Kylie didn't want any pictures of Stormy out because she didn't want people like, you know, talking about Astroworld. And so Kim decided to Photoshop True's head onto Stormy's body. A very weird situation. Kim's like, it's not this big thing, but it's also like, you don't think it's weird that you uh, had such a, a need to continue your Instagram feed that this singular picture had to be Photoshopped? Like, couldn't you just wait? You have to get somebody to take a, a picture of pink and blue for you, girl. Like, what? That's weird. It's a weird thing to do. All right, so back to the whole, uh the dress debacle, you guys. So they send the actual dress, right? Doesn't even fit past Kim's hips. And now they're like, uh-oh, this is a problem. Kim promises, begs them, tries to do anything she can to be like, I will starve and exercise myself down 10 pounds so that I can finish this because this is my vision. And if I don't get this dress, I'm not going to the Met Gala. Oh no. Oh no. Um, Chloe talks about going on the Met Gala. 
this was something that had been rumored for quite some time that Chloe had been the singular sister that had not been invited to the Met Gala for years. And um, apparently that's not true. She just didn't want to come. But Chloe talks about how much she hates the red carpet. And I actually found this very odd because she says she hates going on the red carpet because people are you know so much scrutiny and she just doesn't like it and she would rather take pictures of a paparazzi in a photo shoot but based on i feel like every time i see chloe trending if i see chloe's name trending under twitter it's because of some paparazzi photo or a photo shoot that she's done and posted on her own Instagram or some Photoshop fail that she's like, you know, blurred the fuck out of her nose. And, you know, we don't know who that is on her grid. Um, So it's fascinating to me that, cause it seems like red carpets are the thing that Chloe does the least. And the other two things are the things that she gets most criticized for. Whatever. It is strange. Chloe, Chloe needs a break. I said this last week. She needs a break and she she needs to talk to somebody. So I hope she gets that. I really do. Courtney has to be that asshole who just found a boyfriend and be like, I love doing the red carpets now that me and Travis do them together. I just have so much fun and we never worry about things and we're just laughing and having fun and sticking each other's tongues down each other's throats and Chloe's like, yeah, it's because you have a boyfriend. She's like, yeah, because otherwise, like, I would hate it. It's like, yeah, thank you. That's not hopeful at all, Courtney. Thanks. (laughs) So they're also 10 days out from this trial in which China has sued everybody except for Kendall and Courtney. So Courtney's going to be going to Italy to do her uh, dress fitting for the wedding with Travis, of course. And uh, there, Chloe and Kim are preparing for the uh, court date. (sighs) Nobody ate any of their food, okay? There's like a gigantic pizza, one piece, one piece gone, piles of lettuce, pasta, not... One one piece of pizza and three noodles were gone at the end of it. It's like, why even bother? <laughs> why even bother? You know? Chloe is clearly very pissed off about this whole situation. She calls, she refers to Black China as um, the mother of my brother's daughter at one point. And she says something about like, I, I, this whole situation just like really kind of irks me because while uh, she's suing me, uh, her daughter's at my house, you know, playing. And yeah, she just really like does not like this. Um, so they call their lawyer and apparently China has not given a lot of paperwork that they had been asking for. So they talk about, you know, like, how do we move forward? Does it even make sense? And the uh, lawyer says something about how, you know, with a defamation case, it's not really like she's suing them at this point for a hundred million (laughs) dollars, which is really laughable to, to refresh you guys. She's suing them for a hundred million dollars because she claimed that all of them were in cahoots with each other to uh, keep Robin China season two off the air, despite the fact that China herself had a um, fresh 
restraining order against Rob and they had broken up and were no longer engaged. So why she thought or how she thought it would be possible for them to do a season two of Rob and China when there was no Rob and China and legally uh, Rob could not be within 50 feet of China. I don't know how she thought they were going to get a season two. Very silly on Angela's part, but Okay, girl. But the lawyer talks about how, you know, if there's a defamation of character suit, not always about the money. Sometimes it's just about proving a point. Sometimes it's just about being petty. So sometimes there will be like a nominal fee that the uh, defense wins of like, not defense, you know, the accuser wins of a uh, uh, dollar. Just, just to prove the point of like, you're not going to be talking shit about me. Chloe says that she's really nervous about, because they're going to jury trial, that, you know, the fate is going to be at the hands of these 12 people who might not like them. And Kim says, well, I think we should just have our fingers crossed that they don't know us. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck, Kim. <laughs> good luck on that one. Um, Travis and Courtney go to fly to Italy in matching red cheetah print pajamas just a site that as a you know if i'm going back to 13 year old kara i just never thought that like 36 year old kara would see travis barker of blink 182 um with his head down in prayer as his fiance was asking the angels to put their wings on the plane as they fly from la to milan i just never thought i would see that i don't have a comment on it other than that i just Who would have thought? (laughs) Back in LA, Kim is in beast mode. She's working out like crazy. We see her going on every machine in her gym as they're playing music that, um, you know how they used to play that like horrible hip hop music, uh, on girls next door, whenever Kendra would be on screen, like halfway twerking, like, you know, missing baskets while she was shooting hoops and (laughs) like laughing. That kind of music is playing. Like Kim is, like, she looks manic. She truly looks manic. Do you guys know about Ozempic? Do you guys know about how Ozempic is, like, the new hot thing? I just learned about this a couple weeks ago, but I think it's been going on for quite some time. Um, so the girlies are saying that Kim and Chloe may or may not be allegedly taking Ozempic, which I guess is a medication for people to control, I think, type 2 diabetes. Um And apparently it's been sweeping the nation, both in the celebrity world and like out with us normies too, because people are losing a lot of weight. But, you know, it's just one of those things that like, you know, once you get off the pill, you gain that weight back. So it's like, really, is this something we want to tether ourselves to for the rest of our lives over like 10 pounds? That just seems wild to me. Okay, so then we go back to Italy. And this just brings me back to the fandom friendships. I think that's what I'm going to call them. Friendship fandoms. Steph Shep and Simon are long-term friends with Courtney. They come to Italy to, uh, you know, uh, you know, be friends, but all we see them do is just gushing over Courtney. Simon. Oh my God. I cannot believe we're here. Oh, I can't imagine the looks that Chris is going to give at this wedding. I can't wait. And Stephanie's like, Oh, I'm just like freaking out. I can't believe you're getting married, Courtney. I just never thought I'd see the day. And I just like, I love my friends. I like, 
I cherish my friendships so much. And I also understand that these people started off in employment situations. Like Steph was um, Kim's assistant for quite some time. Uh, You know, they worked in PR with Simon in the early days. But to just follow this family around the world and just be like, I cannot believe that you're getting married. It's like, first of all, Courtney's like, no shade. Courtney's 40. Like, this is not like we're 20 years old and you you just graduated from the University of Alabama and you're marrying your college sweetheart. You know what I mean? Like, we got it. Simon, you're married yourself. It's okay. It's okay. I just don't get it. I just can't imagine. And like, are they getting paid? Is there an exchange of money happening here? Are they paying for the flights? Are they paying for the PJ? Are they paying for the meals and the hotels? Like, what's really happening here? And I just can't imagine, as much as I love my friends, living my entire life doing this. It just seems very weird. Because, like, Courtney's not traveling with them and gushing over, like, whatever the fuck they're doing. She's not going over to their house to, like, kick it and talk about their relationships, you know? This is really all on her time and probably her time. Very strange. How do they do it? Anyway, Courtney and Travis go to try on new looks. We see two looks that I don't think we ever saw from Courtney. Um, there was one look that was a black and white look. Actually, we did see that look, but it was different. Th- this version is different than the one we saw. This version was the best look of anything that she wore during that weekend. But you know what? We'll move on. We'll move on. It's, it's over. It's over. They clearly did not have anything. They're like, well... We flew all the way over to Italy. We got all these people. Like, we splashed out a lot of cash. Courtney is giving them nothing. Just, like, not a thing. They tour the hotel. They go to the fitting. Courtney's sitting around drinking matcha. Not really saying much of anything. Uh, Simon's just trying to hype her up in the corner. And that's about it. The episode ends with Courtney saying that because they they flew right to Italy, got to the hotel, and then flew right over to Dolce & Gabbana, that she feels like she's going to cry. And then the episode literally just ends. Like, next on. (laughs) Like, even even the production was like, you know what, never mind. (laughs) Just forget about it. (laughs) She's not giving us anything. We're not going to give it back. So that was the end. Okay, let's move on to... Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
There's so much going on lately. I opened a new bar, my dad being sick. He's been in the hospital for like 96 days. I'm in a wreck with guilt that I can't be with my dad more often. This also has a negative impact on my relationship. Katie, I'm like in my own little stress bubble. Things aren't great back home, but I'm still optimistic. Which is a lie. <laughs> Probably because... I think I'm lying to myself. Like, I haven't been a good husband. I haven't been a good friend. It's the most stressed out I've ever been in my life. The family, the bar. So, yeah, by necessity, I've been a little lackluster for All sure. All right, you guys, let's get into the latest episode of Winter House. The last week we left off with Austin looking goofy in his, uh, you know, Pope costume, repenting. AKA like forcing people to be like, I accept your apology. You're not apology for your behavior. So we left off on the cliffhanger of whether or not Sierra was going to be accepting his apology for, um, he, I don't think he really expressed why, but Sierra is just like, yeah, okay, sure. In a confessional, she says, look, last time I was in Charleston, you know, the last time they fucked, um, he apologized to her probably when he was inside of her and that now he's doing this whole public thing. She doesn't want to talk about it. It's like opening up an old wound and she's over it. So then, uh, Austin leaves his, the floor to other people to apologize or repent or whatever. Jessica repents for repeatedly calling Corey Craig. <laughs> And this kind of begins a storyline of their like, will they, won't they hook up showmance, right? Craig repents to Luke for yelling at him and making him feel sad. Paige looks over at Craig and is like, what about me? Like, do you have any apologies in there for me, sir? And he says, you're welcome for me being your boyfriend. And then he starts some speech about how uh, in the beginning of their relationship, they really had to like push or something. <laughs> honestly i don't know he's like i i know it's not easy being my girlfriend and she's like yeah you could say that to and tell it for the cheap seats in the back please so then austin decides to take sierra aside to have another conversation about their situation and sierra's like look i have a lot of feelings for you but we have the same friends we're gonna be hanging around each other i just feel like we should just be cordial and keep it at that so austin Tells her last year, you know, AKA season one of Winter House, that it was so fun. They were having a great time. But then he came into the summer house like a ticking time bomb. And like, what was this about? Madison? That Madison had like recently texted him and he decided that his response to that is to make out with Lindsay. Knowing that, that her roommate slash friend kind of could watch them at any point and you know she's got like mad feelings for you cool he tells her you know i really like you or something like that like you know i really care about you no you don't but you don't you don't care you don't know what that means you don't know what that word means he looked at sierra in the winter house season one and was like yeah that'll do hooked up with her it was like, this girl who's crazy hot and out of my league wants to make out with me. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll get back at Madison because of it. Right? Remember, Madison texted him one time when he was in Winter House and he lost his shit and then ended the whole thing with Sierra. And then he comes into her house, the summer house, to make out with her roommate <laughs> in front of 
everybody. And then the last time you hooked up with her was because the girlfriend that you're now pretending to be dating, um, went on a date with somebody else because you put her on ice. Let the record reflect. And you were like, Oh, Sierra just happens to be in town. I guess I'll have sex with her. What about that is caring about her? When? Please, please show us. Sierra then starts crying and getting emotional. It's like, I want people to see that you're a good person and that you have a good side to you. And like, maybe you need to go to therapy or whatever, but you just really need to nurture your relationships that are important to you. So Austin says in a confessional that he was drunk and single in the summer house. But that wasn't the kind of person that he really wants or needs to be, especially not to his friends. So he tells Sierra that he thinks the world of her. And she's like, I know, but you just really need to stop being selfish. And it's like, girl, if you're saying that to him at this point, like, (laughs) just call it. Just call it. And I'm saying that to myself. (laughs) Everybody just call it, okay? Um, So then Sierra goes to tell Paige. About how sensitive and caring Austin really is. And how she just wishes that everybody could see that. And Austin decides to pee outside. I'm not talking like Kyle usually does. Where he takes it like to the nether regions of the uh, uh, backyard. I'm talking he opens the door to the balcony. And just pees like a good maybe no more than four inches outside of it disgusting and then to make it worse i gotta look at like who's editing this show because i'm wondering if maybe i hurt their feelings in middle school or something because it's feeling now personal like i'm have like everybody's now having to view this stuff because i pissed somebody off along the way and i apologize for that because after that we have to see austin shake a tail feather so to speak to get the pee off you know how Uh, people with penises they you know they have to shake after that's what i hear they shake after to like make sure everything's you know there's no drippings (laughs) i can't oh i just retched just thinking about it he's so gross he's so gross oh he's like a walking ick to me a walking little ick monster that man so yeah like It wasn't even like, (sighs) do you guys ever read the shade room on Instagram? They'll post something that has like, let's say a screenshot. Let's say somebody's going off on somebody. One celebrity's going off on another via uh, Instagram story and they posted a screenshot, right? So let's say the person said, fuck. (laughs) So they're, they are like a Christian uh, company, which is shocking, but true. Um, So they'll censor the words, like a curse word out, but they'll do it so poorly. It's like, why did you guys even bother? Like, we can see all the letters. You just put like the tiniest little black dot. (laughs) Like, what was the point? But that's what they were doing with his, with his junk. You guys, like there wasn't even, I don't even, there was such a, a, a weak blur on the whole situation. Like I'm having like flashbacks, just thinking about it. Like you could see it shake from back to forth and I really shouldn't keep talking about it because it was so vile to me like the idea of having to see Austin's dick flipping back and forth 
but like I have to release it so I have to talk about it like I have to keep talking about it that's the only way I can get it out get the stench off of me and the memory Whew. that was a lot can we sue and then if that wasn't enough we have to watch like a little clip of him taking his clothes off like all of them to see those long cheeks like Neville Longbottom changing into his pajamas. Ugh. That wasn't fair. Ooh, okay, so back in the living room, Corey's running away from Jessica and slams the door after she calls him Craig again. But then Corey says in a confessional that he's running game. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. <clears throat> he grew up with all sisters. He had all girl cousins. And so he knows how to play the game. And the game is, uh, look... Here we have two good-looking guys in the house, Luke and Jason. Um, they're not doing well, striking out left and right. So I'm just going to do the opposite of that. You know what? He's absolutely right. He is absolutely right. So the next morning, the house, absolutely disgusting once again. And that's really great because both the Toms are going to be coming in <laughs> to the house in mere hours. Mere hours. Disgusting. The house so of course, Paige and Craig are still in bed and Paige is lying, lying, looking right in her boyfriend's eyes, being like, I haven't gotten sick of you at all yet since we've been here. And then when Craig asks, have you gotten annoyed by me yet? She looks him dead in his eyes and says, no, no. And maybe this is why she's in a relationship I'm, and I'm not, because I would have just told you, she literally says in a confessional, I would never I would never in this moment just randomly bring up my feelings. And I'm just hoping that moving forward, Craig will just start behaving well. So I just don't have to bring it up at all. And I can just push all the other stuff that he's done down. Whereas if this were me, I would have like lit a, some sort of brew hair, brew uh, some candle or done something the night before to like will my boyfriend to say something so I could just let him know. Like, please ask me the question so I can just go off bullet points on all the things that you've done wrong. <laughs> you know, you're embarrassing me. To say, like, I would just never randomly in this moment. He's asking you. It's not random. It's not like you're just going off on him out of nowhere. He's literally asking you in this moment, have I annoyed you? And you're like, no. Of course not. No and damn well, that's a lie. Good for her. Meanwhile, Jessica is very confused, which seems to be a steady emotion for her. But she's like, you know, I'm just really not sure if Corey's trying to play a game with me because usually I'm just like so used to being hot. that The guys fall all over me. But if this is a game, then kudos to Corey because it's working. <laughs> she legit says, I'm cute. And if I flirt with guys, they'll automatically like me. It's almost like too easy. <laughs> I think that you guys would think that I would find that statement to be like disgusting, but I actually find it refreshing. I find it refreshing that somebody's like, yeah, my life is totally easier by the fact that I look like this. I I really don't have to put the work in. So yeah, I kind of am confused that this guy with the pearl necklace and the very long tank tops is like blanking me. It's weird the girl might not know the difference between a tuna and a sardine she might not know that seltzer actually originally 
comes in non-alcoholic forms, but she knows about pretty privilege and the metaverse. And those are two things that I don't know about. So good for her. So Tom and Tom finally get there. Schwartz says hi to Jessica, but then he's like, oh, sorry. I thought you were Lindsay. I don't have my glasses on. (laughs) And Amanda goes, it's okay. We've all noticed. We we all see it. They both talk in a confessional, both the Toms. They're doing like a duo confessional about how differently they party versus this cast. And I think that's actually pretty interesting because let's make no mistake um the cornerstones of vanderpump rules southern charm and uh summer house are all uh alcohol abuse and just like a touch of pills you know just a hint of um something going into and clogging somebody's nasal cavity um that tension is always there you know and i noticed later that you can tell on the bodies what's happening here what substances are being taken here um because all the guys at one point got into the hot tub so like the new york guys like kyle um who else from new york jason luke you can tell that they're not really like drug dudes like they just drink but they drink well and they also take breaks and they work out and kyle's got that standing desk like there's a balance more with those guys than with the other guys for sure like the southern charm guys they're it's just a free-for-all right like they're just sloppy it doesn't matter um craig can spill red wine on pat's like twelve thousand dollar couch and it's just like another day right and they're just like a constant stream of uh, bourbon and probably cocaine Every now and again, Craig likes to spice things up by taking some Adderall. We all know it. I mean, he's admitted to it, right? And, and I think at this point, we can all tell when which episodes those are happening. Craig, okay? So then you've got like, the LA guys, like the Vanderpump dudes, who are also just constantly drinking. But um, there's like a, there's something happening there. There's a, a a layer. There's like a a pudge. I don't want to say pudge, but you know, there's something that's like the bodies have set in. <laughs> I think they've probably been going at this longer than all of them. They're the oldest ones, and they're really the the caution tape, the cautionary tale, there. And we'll just say that. But again, make no mistake. If you think I'm less attracted to Sandoval, wrong. I'm actually more attracted to him than I've ever been before. (laughs) The mustache is doing it for me. It really is. And I don't care. You're not going to talk me out of that one. All right. So then things really heat up because Luke has decided to uh, bring his childhood games into his adulthood and do this like Arctic uh, double dare temple something i don't know just another excuse for craig to put on eye makeup (laughs) i want craig to come up with like an eyeshadow palette he loves eye makeup and i love that about him it's probably one of my favorite things but they're all playing the game um at one point they have to do an activity where they're running down this snowy hill and Paige eats it forehead right to the folding table where they have to play flip cup the whole table knocks over the cups are on the on the ground it's it's bad it it did not i mean like you could feel it 
you could feel it and you could hear it. Didn't look great. But you know what? She takes it like a champ. Ends up winning the game. However, her partner in life that she's chosen, um, Craig, falls to the ground. This is like a snowy ground. You know, like the snowy looks, the snow looks pretty fluffy. It looks real nice. He's in full snow gear. Really shouldn't have been that bad. Hits one knee on a rock and is like, I can't do this. We have to shut it all down. <laughs> shut it down. We're in a field of rocks. It's not safe. Everyone's cold and it, it, it hurts. Everyone's cold and in pain. And they're like, everybody's literally fine. Like, I guess we'll go upstairs, Craig. But, like, everybody was good. It was just him. (laughs) Paige is like, I literally hit my head on an entire table. And he hit his knee on a rock. And now nobody can play. And that's Craig. Sandoval decides that he's going to take the cleaning of the house into his own hands. Despite the fact that he's been there, like, maybe three hours. (laughs) And decides to pull a psychological move. And you could tell that, you know, this is, like, years of him and his friendship with Jax. Like, I'm going to find a roundabout way to get this person to do some work. Um, So he decides to just, like, you know what? I'm going to hike up my kilt and, and start plunging the kitchen sink since you guys have clogged it with disgusting shit so everybody does actually start to clean but kyle takes schwartz aside to ask him you know how things in his life are going his marriage with katie and tom's talking about how sick his father's been his dad's been in the hospital for 96 days at this point he's feeling a lot of guilt because he's not able to be with his dad as much as he would like to be, but it's also negatively impacting his relationship with Katie. But then Tom says in a confessional that things really aren't great at home, but you know, I'm still optimistic and that's actually a lie. I I think I'm lying to myself. It's the most stressed out I've ever been in my life between my family and this new bar. So yeah, uh, by necessity, I've been a little bit lackluster for sure. And now I'm dying for this season of Vanderpump Rules. This is a really interesting way of, um, like, this This was a straw that broke the camel's back? Is this what we're going to see, like, when things got tough for Tom, then Katie was like, I, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know. This is, like, an interesting, this is just not what I, th- I mean, Listen, I feel like we all were just like, oh, yeah, they broke up because, I mean, just everything. <laughs> Their whole relationship is the reason why they broke up. You know, like, we all saw it. But for it to just be like, he's really stressed out because of his career, because of Schwartz and Sandy's and his dad. I mean, those are obviously things to be stressed out about. I'm just saying that can't be the reason why he and Katie broke up. This can't be it. Right? This can't be it. Like, Schwartz, maybe the reason why Katie dumped you is because you haven't been giving to... Like, I just think, like, okay, you haven't been giving Schwartz to this relationship because you've been um, throwing Katie under the bus with anybody and, and siding with those people instead of her. Um... You have uh, repeatedly cheated on her. You uh, couldn't be bothered to remember to get your marriage license uh, officially certified, not once, but twice. 
twice. You'll have to have a whole other second wedding, and then you still forgot the paperwork in the in the chapel, and you had to run and get it back. So that's two times, okay? I just, like, find it hard to believe that, like, you having a rough go with your father would be like, you're not giving to this relationship. I just find that very hard to believe. Y'all, one time I posted a picture, and this wasn't nice of me, okay? This was not nice of me. Um, Because there was one time, one episode where they were maybe on vacation, and Katie came out of, this may have been the vacation, did they go to Mexico, where Schwartz got first class and didn't give it to Katie, and she got really pissed off at him? I think it may have been that one. But she came out of the bathroom and the cameraman just happened to be there. And so she came out of the bathroom and she was just standing there like, oh, I got caught. And for some reason they aired it on the show. (laughs) Okay, it's not nice. This is not nice. But I maybe just did a a side-by-side shot of Katie with the Babadook. And the pose that she was doing looked awfully similar. But you know what's meaner than, than that? It's the fact that Schwartz posted that on his Instagram stories multiple times. Like, I'm talking over a good months, months, several months. <laughs> like, he remembered it and was like, oh, that shit's funny and I'm going to post it again. <laughs> and that's not what you do. And you know how I knew they were really going to break up? And this is going to sound weird, but I saw a TikTok, maybe, of Schwartz. And I think this was like early pandemic. And it was something like, ah, fuck, now I can't remember. But it was something like, uh, basically how he he uh, ended up marrying, like, this emo weird girl. And she's doing something weird in the video. But he she doesn't know that she's being recorded until she realizes that she's like, stop recording me. Like you could tell she was just like, she felt very comfortable with him. It was just like, you know, doing my weird shit with my husband. And yet he was like presenting it as though, Oh, look at this loser. I married. It's like nerd. <laughs> and I was like, damn, this is like really mean. Like I would dead ass cry if, if my partner posted that on me and like thought it was funny. And I know that this story would be a lot better if I could tell it in full and I remembered the details, but just, you'll just trust me that like it was legitimately mean. So then Kyle tells Tom that sometimes he walks around in his own bubble of stress and, you know, it just takes sometimes like somebody coming in from the outside and telling you to take a break before you finally do it. So it's also so fascinating to me how Paige and Amanda have joined. Like they've grown, gone closer by being tethered to these men that they like constantly have to make excuses for and are embarrassed by. And Kyle is bonding with Schwartz over their situation, which is also very interesting because they excuse me, had like bonded right before the cast of Vanderpump Rules came to the summer house right before, like the week before Kyle proposed to Amanda, which was like two weeks after them having uh, cheating rumors about him making out with some chick at the club uh, a couple months prior. But 
the conversation that they were having is like Tom and Katie were married like two years. I just watched this episode. Tom and Katie had ma- had been married like two years at that point. And they're like, oh yeah, things are really great. Like, oh, Kyle, you want to try on my ring? Like, this is going to be great. Where was I going with this? The point is like, I think that maybe they, they being Kyle and Schwartz, see this like something in each other. And I don't even know if it's like a Peter Pan thing because Kyle is so much more like type A than Schwartz would ever be. Like, does Schwartz own a closed-toed shoe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, But, yeah. I don't know. Let me move on. This is going on too long. <laughs> I, I, You know what? I, th- I think I realized the point. The point is that, like, I totally forgot how bad last season was for Kyle and Amanda and how they really like we're just running up right hours into the wedding being like I don't know if this is a great idea of you guys like feels like you guys have a lot of things to work out and now it kind of feels like they're just they've decided to put up a united front and I would really like to hear more about how Kyle is dealing with the relationship because he was like, yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. We still have to deal with, like, a lot of stuff. But, like, tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, so finally we address the show events going on between Rachel and Jason. Rachel says in a confessional that she grew up in a really traditional household. Like, you know, you're supposed to get married and have kids. And she hasn't done that. She hasn't hit those milestones in life. So she's kind of, like, an outcast, right? But she's really vibing with Jason because he's super kind. He's really sweet. But then she's like, on the other hand, I just wonder if it's just convenience. Like, he's really nice. Maybe I'm not really that into him. It's just, like, something that I want. And this is what I'm saying. Like, he needs to, Jason needs to, like, be more assertive. And Like, stay, if you're interested in somebody, just don't be, like, so passive. I think that's really what's turning Rachel off. Then Rachel goes downstairs and she starts talking to Jessica and they pivot into this real weird conversation about Paige, Sierra, Amanda, the other girls, I think mostly Paige though, about how she feels like, Jessica feels like at first when they got in the house, things were cool, but now she feels like there's like clicks happening. The girls weren't as nice as they were in the beginning. But then Jessica does say in a confessional that she's not really a girl's girl. Which is probably why she's reading this entirely wrong because, uh, girl, Paige was like the first one to come to you and and try to support you with this whole Luke situation. I'm just very confused as to what she thinks has changed. Very odd to me. Um, But then Jessica says that girls are a lot of the times more intimidated by her than guys and she attracts guys because of her sex appeal and then jessica really flies off the handle she's like i wonder if Paige maybe thinks that i'm interested in craig it's like hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, I think Paige has a lot more things on her plate. I think Paige is pretty clear on the fact that nobody's interested in Craig. And that's why she's so stressed out. Paige would probably love... For her biggest issue in this house, for me to somebody actually liked Craig, <laughs> I think she would she would be so grateful if that were the if her biggest problem were that people like Craig too much, instead of like talking about how he's like a limp dick loser, <laughs> like everybody is. Um, so everyone goes to the bar. Kyle and Tom have part two of their conversation. So Kyle says that like he and, and Amanda are in their honeymoon stage of their relationship, but it's a lot of it's just because they're no longer planning the wedding, but things still aren't easy for them. So Tom says, yeah, like you really always have to put in the work. And I've been guilty of not doing that lately. <laughs> lately, like, like qualify lately, Tom, eight years. Is that yours, Kalana's lately? Then sure. Yeah, lately. Well, Kyle asks Tom where he and Katie are at this point. And he's like, well, it's complicated. But in a confessional, Tom says, actually, uh, Katie's formally sat me down and divorced me. But I'm still kind of not ready to admit that to my friends or to myself, even. There's some real high stakes emotions and I'm battling them right now and it's not easy. So Tom tells Kyle that he's been pretty mediocre, like as a husband. And he grabs Kyle by the jacket and he goes, don't be like me. Don't be like me. And it's like, well, I mean, listen, even on Kyle's worst day, I think he might be better than you. And I don't even like dislike Schwartz. Honestly, quiet as is kept, I found him quite endearing this episode. Schwartz has got to have therapy. The man has to go to therapy. He's got to work out like whatever the hell's going on. Whatever the hell's going on with him. Um, I've never seen somebody fail upwardly just and float be able to float through life the way tom schwartz has like it's honestly incredibly frustrating to watch but i don't dislike tom and i think because i know that there's like intelligence within him and i am a pisces and i do like to like you know take a little bit of potential and like turn it into something that probably isn't real and that's that's you know it's just, just how I do. But um, I, Tom, I think, is like a smart guy. And when he has these come to Jesus moments, for me, it's really hard to not be like, yeah, I feel I feel for him. It's not right. But that's my truth. I feel like Tom is like a year of like fairly intense therapy away from being like a very different, much better man. 
like a shockingly different guy, like the guy that we've probably never seen on TV. And I, I want that for him because in the grand scheme of things, it's not like that much work. All right. What else happens? Oh, Sierra and Jessica kiss because Jessica admits she's bisexual. Um, uh, what else happens? Oh, Rachel starts to talk about Jason and she's like, yeah, I think I'm interested in him, but like, I just need him to be like way more aggressive. And I, it's to the point where I wonder if he's even into me because like, I'm feeling like he kind of friends on me. But Rachel says in a confessional that she would be totally down to hang out with Jason, but he hasn't asked her, <laughs> hasn't indicated a thing. And it's really confusing. And frankly, she doesn't want to be confused about whether or not somebody's interested in her. And I feel you on that girl. Sandoval then talks to Austin about his relationship with Olivia and the way Austin is able to like pussyfoot around uh, committing to a woman is so, ugh, but also very fascinating to me. So he tells Sandoval, like Sandoval's trying to feel out the situation. He's like, okay, how serious are you guys? Are you like free to hook up with other people on this vacation? What's the deal? And Austin's response is, well, we haven't had any formal conversations, but I just feel like if I get my shit together, we could probably be married in two years. And my first reaction was like, okay, as somebody who watched Southern Charm, is that true? <laughs> I, I've seen less sexual chemistry between Catherine and Patricia Altschul than I've seen between, um, or more between them than I've seen between uh, Olivia and Austin. Like, I don't get it. The all this whole relationship was like, oh, this is for TV, right? This is for this season, and we're not going to continue it. But apparently, there's something going on between them. Okay, okay. But also, it's just like, okay, so can you hook up with her or not? So Sandoval has to be like, okay, well then you probably shouldn't be hooking up with other people if you're like two years towards marriage. And Austin's like, yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay, Austin, we'll see how this blows up in Olivia's face later. Everybody gets home. Rachel kisses Jason before she runs off to bed. And you would have thought that Jason, like, she just sucked the whole soul out of his body. Like, he's staring at her after her. Like, the the heart emojis were just, like, all around his head. Like, you know, the heart thumping out of the chest. Like, Tom and Jerry. Like, he was smitten smitten little kitten but then later in the morning he's like oh yeah i'm kind of glad that she rachel took the first step because i'm not really that kind of guy and you know i'm excited to see if maybe there's a little vacation fling that can happen between us well that's it all right well Corey and jessica are on the couch jessica says something to Corey about how I just want to take things slow. I don't think that we should fuck right now. And Corey's like, what? I don't want to fuck you. (laughs) And then he just gets up and walks away. And then he tells the guys later when they go skiing, yeah, I'm playing like a real long game with Jessica. Um, Different game than any other game that any other guy that Jessica's used to. Um, you know, like last night I could have fucked her, but I went to her bedroom and her bed was all messy. So I just left. <laughs> it's like, all right. I just decided to leave. So the episode ends with Paige and Amanda. They went off skiing by themselves. 
like sit down and Amanda's like checking in with Paige. Paige is like, you know, I'm just kind of the type of person where if there's a confrontation, I just get really anxious. And then it's hard for me to get out of that. Like I can't just bounce back immediately. And then she says that Craig is really adamant about his feelings and how he's got to let that out. But then she is like, okay, but other people have feelings too. And that page says that Craig is really sensitive to the point where she feels like she can't say anything to him because he just will take it as, oh, I'm you're trying to attack me, Paige. So then Amanda's like, yeah, see, you're saying all the same things that I used to say about Kyle. So then Paige says that she woke up that morning wanting to leave. And she's so annoyed and she starts to cry. And Amanda says in a confessional, yeah, I just don't think that Paige ever thought that she would be in a position where she was understanding how I was dealing with Kyle and the things that I went through with him and how that just eventually just sorts sort of ends up eating at you. And it's like, Amanda, okay. But like, you realize that these are the things like, okay, cool. That like Paige is now able to commiserate with you, but maybe you should also think about how these were things that you were dealing up with, in like the days leading up to your wedding and like, yeah, maybe Paige can commiserate with you, but Paige also hasn't signed any documents tethering herself to this man. And so you have, so you guys are in a little different positions. And then Paige starts crying harder and says, I just feel like everyone hates Craig and then they're going to start hating me. And it's just like so much and it really weighs on me. And Amanda's just patting, patting her back on that mountain. I guess we'll see what happens next week, but I wanted to talk real quick before we end the episode about watch what happens live Thursday. Uh, Kyle and Luke were on and I'm kind of wondering. Okay. So one of the things that they talked about was the fact that Dumois had posted while the cast was filming that, oh, a cast member left the winter house. There were some sexual misconduct allegations happening. And uh, Luke is like, yeah, like he basically was like, I, I'm pretty sure that Craig is the one who put that out there. He's the one who has contacts and like, or maybe Paige does or whatever. Like basically like it, it was pretty clear to me. I put the pieces together. The Craig is the one who put that out in the in the press. Um, says that they're not really friends anymore. And that he basically wants to keep it that way. <laughs> like, I don't fuck with that dude. Um, Andy. Okay, so last week I told you guys that uh, Amanda was on Watch What Happens Live with Paige. And they had, Andy asked her who was the most rude to fans. And she had answered, Lindsay. So then we get to part two of that. And Kyle's like, yeah, about that, Andy. Um, you're actually the one who said that it was Lindsay. And Andy's like, was I? And he's like, yeah. Andy was like trying to get out of it. He's like, well, because she said that it wasn't somebody on the cast. And Kyle's like, yeah, but you, he's like, well, I just guessed that maybe it was Lindsay. He's like, yeah, you guessed pretty quickly though. Then Kyle hits Andy with the, um, wasn't there a situation that maybe happened that was kind of weird between Lindsay and a member of your staff? And Andy goes, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't think 
Lindsay got activated this time. Not that I saw um, on her Instagram stories like she did with uh, Amanda. But like, that's really interesting because now, like, is Carl going to have to get a new job? Are we, is he going to be resigning from Loverboy to sometime soon? Because that's like deep. Like, it's one thing for Amanda and Lindsay to be fighting and having to do something vaguely with Loverboy. But now like Kyle's getting into it. Very interesting. The last thing I want to leave you with is that Andy asked Luke a bunch of questions about his relationship with Ashley, what happened at BravoCon, what's going on. And literally as I speak, Luke is in DC. Love it. We love it. He's been with Ashley. They've taken pictures. Y'all have been taking pictures of them. It's giving a little uh, a staged. Like there was one picture of them at a bar. I'm like... Did somebody really take a picture of that close up? <laughs> and it seemed like they had the flash on. Um, then they went to a Capitals game, which was illuminating for me because I thought that the hockey team was the Nationals. Turns out that's not correct. They're called the Capitals. Looked right at the jerseys that they were wearing and said, you know what? That says Capital. They're called the Nationals. Not true. I've learned. I've learned. Um, but I will tell you one thing. They look good. They look good together, and I just hope that he just, like, you know, I really did. What an upgrade. What a drastic upgrade. <laughs> I don't care if she and Luke don't have a single thing in common. I don't care if they're just running off of pheromones and horny vibes. Beat the brakes off of her, Luke. You hear me? Respectfully. You know, respectfully. Oh, just do it. Like, if you have the, the chance for even for a, a, a five minutes to upgrade from Michael Darby to Luke. If you don't do it, you're the dumbest bitch in the world, Ashley. And I mean that. And I mean that. So, <laughs> oh, God. I This is like a match made in heaven. I, something about them, like, I ship the hell out of them. And I don't really ship couples like that. Like, I don't really care. But I love this. I love it. I love it. And I would like to see uh, Luke sit down with the Grand Dame. Luke said he had a conversation with Giselle. <laughs> and I forgot. Giselle was on Bravo's chat room with Hannah. So Luke was like, yeah, a lot of the conversation we had was actually about Hannah. Like, damn, I what a different life. We got to bring Bravo chat room back. I like that show. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.